baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. If we hope to survive in this digital age, we have to think critically about the messages we consume. Someone created those messages for a reason. Let's find out why. Sometimes we just have to ask, what the media? I'm Megan Lynch, virtual consumer editor at KMOX Radio. I'm joined by author and media literacy expert Julie Smith. In this episode... Last year, in total, for three months, I made 40 grand. Julie and I talk with an influencer and entrepreneur who's cashing in on an alternate reality. Stephen Works has figured out how to make a real living playing The Sims. The Sims is a life simulation game. It's been around since the year 2000, and basically you get to play with life. If you want to create your real life in The Sims, you could do that. You can build houses, you can create characters, create storylines. There's different challenges you can definitely play from starting with zero zero dollars to how many you want to reach. It's a never-ending game, so there's no ending unless, you know, have one Sim in your household, and then it just says game over. But So really, by definition, it's not a game, it's a toy. Pretty much. Because pretty a game has winners and losers, right? Right. But a toy is something that you play with continuously. So the way you're describing it, it sounds like a really cool toy. I've been playing since I was four years old in the year 2000, and now I do it as, like, my job. <laughs> How did it turn into a community? I would say um, the, the creator of The Sims, Will Wright, and he, I guess, like, he had, like, an inspiration of trying something that wasn't normal. And... With The Sims, it's not a normal game. You are like basically open-ended. It's a sandbox kind of game where you are the player. You are like basically God trying to do whatever you need to do to make it happen. Um, I guess when people had a, a sense of idea of like playing Sim City, if you played that game, you're kind of familiar with that. Um, it has like a similar vibe. And when the internet became a thing and became more prominent with like social media and generalizing of like-minded people, people are like, wait, you play this game too? I do too. I have so much fun. Let me tell you all the stories that I have done in the past of like my Sims playthrough. And I think from all of that like enjoyment, it has skyrocketed through the roof. What made you decide to start uploading content related to The Sims? Basically, I was in high school and I wanted to be able to share my enjoyment of The Sims. And I've always been like a storyteller and still telling stories and being able to say, hey, I want other people to see this as well and see what they think of my content. And from there on, I was like, this is actually kind of fun. And I was like, what, your job is fun? Yeah, <laughs> I find I found like the happy medium between the two is like, it's my job, but it's also like my play toy that I get to just enjoy and and not have to stress over it. Where even though my do my job does have a lot of like stress involved, I find the enjoyment in it. And I talk to my community of like what they want to see and how they play their game. And it's like 
wow, this is actually kind of good. And going from like making content to live streaming, it made it way much better because I was able to interact with my audience in real time. My son, when he was younger, said to me, I want to be a YouTuber when I grow up. And I said, mm. yeah, great, but what are you going to do for a job? Yeah. Right? And I think a lot of parents <laughs> have asked that. And I asked you when you were walking in, I said, have you monetized this? And you looked at me and said, well, yeah. yeah. So how do you monetize something like this? When you understand the mindset of how YouTube works from a business standpoint, you kind of, the gears start turning in your head like, okay, YouTube is basically a service. It's a search engine. And if you are a person that likes to always be on the internet, always on YouTube, always finding some type of, you know, video creator or streamer to watch, and you're like, I want to be just like them, well, think about a couple of ideas that you want to create for yourself based on the game that, or whatever topic you want to to do, whether it's, you know, medical advice, or you want to be some type of gamer creator in Call of Duty or The Sims, or you want to be a crafter. The internet is forever. If you don't see it created, I tell people that all the time. And when you have the idea of what kind of content you want to make, the business side of it all is, okay, what platform should I be on? What kind of audience do I want to, you know, um, attract? Um, what kind of brands do I want to work with down the line in the future? Like you have to have a five-year plan so you can have longevity. Because my parents were like all parents who was like, I want to be a YouTuber. And like, okay, um, how are you going to make money? Is this an actual <laughs> job? Well, um, I tell the story all the time. And this was back in, I think, when I was a, a freshman in high school. Me and my parents were at Applebee's. We sat down. I did a whole PowerPoint presentation right in the booth telling them my five-year plan of what I wanted to do, what kind of content I wanted to make, and just like, the general money value that it brings. Do you mind telling our listeners how old you are? I'm 26 years old. Can you give us a, a general sense of how well you're living the life <laughs> off of off of being an influencer? Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing this whole influencing thing full time for about, I'm going to say seven years, for seven years. But I make a really good living from sponsorships, ads, um, general donations from like my community if they want to do that they don't have to but they do it because they they love my content people always say you make money from ads like yeah it doesn't pay that well ads do not as we all know but sponsorships are where the real money comes in and you make a lot of money depending on the brand like just to give you some numbers last year in total for three months i made 40 grand in three months in three months just making videos I had to make, well, I didn't have to. I just suggested because I want to give the brand the best po possible like outcome of my content to give them a lot of return on investment of their products and their service. And I was like, you're telling me that I can make whatever content I want to make and how I want to make it. And you just approve it. Like, OK, I will do all this, give you all the analytics, the stats that you need to know to report back to whoever you need to do to saying, hey, this person's actually valuable and we like their content. We want to sponsor them again. And I've worked with brands like AT&T, um, uh, Twitch, Electronic Arts, um, Papa John's, Sega, like a lot of different brands I've worked with over the years. And I've kept my portfolio pretty much intact of 
the brands that I like and also the brands that I want to work with and how they align with my um, particular like audience. So I'm so impressed that as a teenager, you were giving your parents <laughs> a business plan. What kind of training have you had or education have you had to take this to the next level? Because I feel like he should be teaching a course. <laughs> I really want to, though. I really didn't have a lot of training um, when I started. I just kind of trial and error. I just did as I went. Um, kind of going to school and talking to my other like YouTuber friends and content creator friends who were in the same business. We all were like-minded people and we kind of jotted down like our business strategy, our notes, what we like, what we don't like, what we can see better on the platforms that we're on. People say, oh, YouTubers drop out of college. And sometimes they say, you don't need school to become a YouTuber. Well, I always say, what if the internet was gone tomorrow? What's your backup plan? And I think education and getting your bachelor's or master's or associate's degree or just getting like some type of training can set you up for success. And sometimes your degree can help you in your content creation endeavors. And I use my degree every day, graphic design, UI, UI UX design. I use it all the time in my, my job. And knowing your audience. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you want to get into social media, when you know your brand, you know your market and you know how to market it well to other people. And being able to tell brands that I'm a professional, I know my worth, I know how much I should be paid for. Well, you're delivering a very precious commodity to your sponsors, your yeah. audience. Mm -hmm. And because you trust your audience and love your audience, you don't want to lead them astray. Exactly. Like you're very protective of them. And, you, and I think that comes through. Julie taught me a lot in some previous podcasts we did mm -hmm. about parasocial relationships. A parasocial relationship is when you feel like you know someone from the media, and in your case, Twitch or YouTube, because so mm -hmm. much of your personality comes through there. Yeah. Have you ever had a situation where maybe someone from your audience felt like they knew you, but it kind of creeped you out a little? On multiple occasions, <laughs> yes. I've had a lot of instances of, you know, communities or like my audience or just people that I know in general stepping over like their boundaries which is not a good thing like i know my limit and they should know also my limit as well i don't talk about certain things i don't really tell people like where i actually live i just tell them like i'm around from the st louis area because that's like very broad mm -hmm. um you have to protect yourself and your audience and your family members sometimes when you become very large in the the digital space the first time you told me about this part of your life mm -hmm. You said that EA Games had flown you to London to speak at a conference. How old were you when that happened? I think I was like 20 at the time, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and you were still in school. And it was so laid back the way you said it. Like, oh, I just, I went to London to speak at a conference. <laughs> yeah, you know, chill. <laughs> and, and I thought, okay, you have been holding out on me. I need to hear more <laughs> about this life of yours. And now when I travel and something comes up about Spring Sims, mm -hmm there's always someone who is a member of your community. And I, Megan, do you notice how he uses the word community member, not audience member? Yes, we use audience, don't we, in, in this meeting. In this space, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, which I think is really interesting. You said something that I wrote down, Stephen. If you don't see it, create it. Right. You said that early on as we were talking. So I have to ask, what's next steps for you? Are you going to stay with this forever or what do you what do you want to do down the road with your skills well honestly i can see myself doing this forever because video content is 
always forever changing. But I definitely want to be able to go into the next step of like teaching and telling people about social media, branding, media marketing, how to brand yourself, your niche. Um, and definitely also going down the line of doing on camera like voiceover stuff because I find that social media and internet creation you have all these skill sets that you can provide to other people whether it's like brands or just doing it yourself um, making a name for yourself is very important sometimes and I I want to be- definitely do like voice acting acting making a book one day stuff like that do when new apps come up or when new social media platforms come up do mm-hmm. you feel pressure to jump on that train. Are you on TikTok? Are you on Be Real, et cetera? Ooh, yes. It, it it definitely can be a lot of pressure for sure. Um, because I'm, it just adds to your workload, it, doesn't it? It does. I'm on every app, which is not good. I find that when all these apps come out, they're all very similar. Um, like when TikTok came out, everyone was like, whoa, TikTok's so cool. It's so amazing. Let's copy that. And they put it on every single platform. And I'm like, great. Thank you. Just what I needed. Um, (laughs) But I think sometimes you don't have to be on every app to really expand your audience. Sometimes you have your your good two or three that you can, you know, keep a flowing and growing because sometimes when you stretch yourself too thin, you get very burnt out. And even though I am on every app, I don't use every app quite frequently. Like my most used app is Twitter and Instagram. Uh, occasionally I will go on TikTok and post maybe a video here and there, but hardly. It's not really my main focus. Where's your largest community located? I would say YouTube is like my big rock, but then my second one would be Twitch and then Twitter and then Instagram. Do you feel um, that you need to respond to YouTube comments? I like to because it gives me a chance to... um, be communicative with my audience a little bit more and, and see, be able to like see what they want. I have a community tab. I respond to comments. I don't get to it as fast as I would like to. Um, over the years, I would respond to every single comment the same day I would upload. Uh, but now I take a couple of days and then I respond. As we wrap up, I'm wondering if you would give our listeners of any age who <laughs> thinks they might like to try to branch out in this way with yeah. whatever area is of interest to them. Mm-hmm. Give us two or three of the top tips that you typically give someone if they're considering making this jump, trying to be an influencer. I would say definitely uh, know your words from the very beginning because that's always very important. Also, be very consistent whether you want to do it once a week or every day or once a month. As long as you are consistent and you are communicating to your audience of who you are, what you do, and how long you're going to do it, they're like, okay, I can come back next month or next week for a video or whatever your kind of content you're making. Um, But also, don't be afraid of the unknown because sometimes a lot of people I tell that they get scared, like, oh, I don't want to stream. I don't don't think no one's going to watch me. I'm like, don't have that mindset. Always think someone's watching because you never know who's on this platform watching a YouTube video or watching a Twitch stream or looking at your your posts on social media because I think it's important to understand that someone's always watching you. That can be scary, but I think it helps you build your confidence over time because the more you do it, the better you get. And something that I, I found on Instagram, and it was an Instagram reel, 
that kind of changed my mindset a little bit because a lot of people say practice makes perfect, which is sometimes true. But this person said practice makes perfect. He said, no, practice makes improvement. And we're always constantly improving as humans and as adults and content creators. And we don't have a one fix that fix everything. We just keep going until we kind of understand what we're doing and we keep improving every single day. I want to get on The Sims now. You should do it. <laughs> I will teach anyone. <laughs> That's Stephen Works, content creator and influencer in The Sims community. Look for Spring Sims on Twitter and Twitch. You can also find him on YouTube and Instagram. What the Media is produced by Odyssey St. Louis from the studios of KMOX Radio. I'm Megan Lynch with Julie Smith. Our executive producer is Beth Coglin. We invite you to visit KMOX.com for more on our media literacy project. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 